I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. Today, we're joined by Deepa Ramachandran to talk about all things money. Deepa is going to walk us through some of the mistakes we make when it comes to money and how our beliefs about money can hold us back. Deepa is a certified public accountant and financial coach. She owns her own CPA firm and a financial coaching business. Deepa started her CPA practice 12 years ago in the Chicago suburbs with two clients and a big dream. Today, her practice serves over 1,300 clients across multiple industries and multiple states. Her financial coaching practice works primarily with female-owned businesses who are in high growth mode and who are looking to spend wisely, save smart, and grow their wealth. She helps female entrepreneurs take charge of their finances so they can create and live the life of their dreams. Welcome, Deepa. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited about this conversation. I was telling Deepa just before we hit record here that I have been learning a lot about the beliefs I have about finances and money that I didn't even know I had. So I cannot wait to ask you all these questions. But to kick us off, Deepa, can you tell us a bit more about you and kind of what got you interested in working in this area? Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this subject. And I I realize I'm a little bit of an anomaly in this area because um, money is all about numbers. And as a female, we tend to get a little bit, um, what do you say, A, a little bit tense around numbers in general, which is what leads to, you know, a little bit of tension and stress around money. But, um, what got me started and interested is, um, Culturally, I'm from India, and um, the way things work there is if your family is in a particular line of business, you just automatically end up going that way, right? So this wasn't necessarily a choice I made. It was almost like um, we were so used to hearing about accounting, taxes, finances, money as we were growing up. It felt like when I was going to college, it was the natural thing to pick because I already knew enough about it, just listening to my parents and my uncles and my aunts talk about it. Right. And so I just kind of went in that line. And then I realized that I do have some entrepreneurial skills and just decided to create a business around something I already knew. So, um, so that's really, I, I really don't have a, um, a, a really nice story about, you know, how I got into this. It just, it just happened and it just turned out it was the right thing for me. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, no. I think that's a great story. And I, I think it's great too when we're able to, you know, maybe follow a path that we've known we were going to have for a long time. Maybe our family has always been in this field, but then really take it in your own direction. And it sounds like you learned so much about yourself through that process as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think part of my comfort around 
um, money is just because I grew up learning about it. I did not get the messages that I'm not good enough or that I'm, I can't do this. It was almost like, we all do this. So right. you should too. Like, you know, the, the messaging when I grew up was a little bit difficult. And that's part of what I do want to talk about with you around the mindset piece and things like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can imagine that those, you know, how we grow up and those messages we're, we're given about money as children really plays a role later on. Is that fair? Have you seen that? It's everything. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it's most of it. It's most of what we carry with us. In addition to the fact that we are expected to be mothers or daughters or wives, that that's like our typical supposed path for our gender. So anyone who's interested in having a career or, or working, this, this is really, Nicole, I, I'm sure um, if you think about it, you're probably the first or second generation in your family who has been in the workplace. Right. Um, Similarly, my, my aunts were, my mom and aunt were the first generation in the workplace. So I'm just second generation in the workplace. And for some reason, we're expected to know everything right away. And if you think about men and why they're so comfortable around money and finances, they have centuries of being the breadwinner. Right. It's kind of coded into their genes that they know how to do this. And generation after generation learned it by watching their dads and their uncles do that. And so men are so comfortable around money. They, they're able to be logical and objective and they talk about it just like it's any other thing. They talk about it like they talk about sports, right? Right. But for us, if you think back um, generations, like you and I are first or second generation in the workplace. And if you think back historically, 400, 500 years ago, if you were supposed to be respectable, you didn't earn money. The professions that earned money were considered beneath society or outcasts in society, right? So that's what's coded into our genes. So if you fast forward to today, one of the reasons why we're so uncomfortable around this topic is because we've got no precedent. We've got no history of this. So you and I are really creating history right now. We are setting the standard. We are figuring out how to do money. Yes. Yes. Deepa, you are like blowing my mind right now. I wish you could see me. I have like, I honestly have never thought about it like that, but you're absolutely right. So I, I work, my mom worked, but not until um, she worked when we were younger and then took time off when she was raising us. And then my grandma on my one side did work a little bit, but no, none of the other female family members at that level worked. Right. And I never even, you know, I never thought about that, that you're absolutely right is, you know, I've only had this little bit of generational learning in terms of money versus, you know, my brother and my dad and my grandpa and my great grandpa and all these people that worked on that side of the family. Mine like blown. I, I wish you guys, I'm like shivering right now. I got chills right now. This is so interesting. So we're starting, you know, really from this, this deficit, right? In terms of our learning about money. Is that fair? Yes. Not just a deficit, but the fact that it's bad. Right. Yes. If you think back, um, you know, it was the medicine women or the midwives or the housekeepers or, you know, just to take it one step further, you had to be like um, a, a mistress and that, that, you know, the oldest profession known to man, you had to be part of those professions to earn money. And so we feel like we're going to either be prosecuted 
or excluded from society if we aren't. That's also coded into our genes. So not only do we have to figure that we have to learn from scratch, we also have this part of us that says earning money is bad or dirty or wrong. And we have to overcome those thought processes as well, because that's been up to our grandmas and our great grandmas. That was the primary thought process. It's like, you have to depend on the man. Otherwise, your life will be in danger if you earn money. So we're overcoming all those things. So really, do you blame any woman who has money mindset issues? It's like, we have so much of resistance that we have to come up against. Yes. And I know that's something that I've heard a lot from folks. And I know I've struggled with this too, is that that idea that money is bad or that it's a, a bad thing or dirty or, you know, I'm not a good person if I'm trying to make money. And it sounds like that's something that you work a lot with folks on. Yes. So that is, I, uh, so when I start working with somebody, I'm usually trying to figure out one, what was their family dynamic? Because when we grow up, we watch our parents and every now and then our grandparents. And I know um, my mom is uh, felt that she was less than my dad when it came to earning money, right? So she felt like she was always dependent on my dad to make all the money decisions. And so I grew up watching that and I figured I did not want that for me. Like I wanted to be able to make my own decisions about money. And my husband is my generation. He believes that too. In fact, he gets kind of annoyed sometimes if I'm too, what do you say, dependent on him to make a money decision. He's like, well, why? If you're an accountant, and as an accountant and financial coach, I have my own money mindset issues, right? So I come across different things. And a part of it is like shame because, well, I'm an accountant. Shouldn't I know better? So add that on top of all the other issues that I probably have as a woman, So my husband has been very pro um, not allowing me to depend on him for any money decisions, issues. He's always been like, well, you're, you're just as capable of figuring it out. So figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm not going to offer you any dependency type of support on this, but if you want to have a real one-to-one discussion about it, I'm available. Right. So he set those boundaries with me right from the beginning. And then uh, with my, um, the way I grew up, I I was able to overcome a lot of those internal resistances that I faced. But uh, not everybody has that. So I figure for for those of us who can offer the support. So when I work with someone, I'm always offering the support. Like I'm here as a sounding board. I'm here to help you overcome these large resistances that you're facing, especially if you didn't grow up with the right messaging around money. Or if you grew up hearing, you know, the standard things like, well, it doesn't grow on trees. Well, you know, you need a man in your life to sign off on that, or you need a man to decide that for you, that type of thing. Yes, so interesting. Is one of the the first steps then kind of getting comfortable talking about this and having these conversations? Is that kind of where you recommend starting? Definitely. So um, it's usually when a woman embarks on a complex career, like a corporate career, or starts her own business, that she realizes she's a little bit out of her territory when it comes to money, counting it, managing it, saving it, spending it, earning it, and then um, investing it for wealth. So all of these areas, when you come up against your own resistances, issues, like you may have a six-figure year, but you may have zero left in the bank. And when things like that happen, that's when they realize, okay, I need help. And the first thing they do is they start looking for an accountant. 
Well, an accountant will count your money for you and fill out the right forms for you. And that is a, a skill industry on its own. And I'm one of them. But then I recognize that that's not all of it. An accountant is not going to hold your hand through um, some of these issues that you have um, and some of these beliefs that you may have. You actually need a financial coach to help you with that side of things. So that's why I decided to go into the coaching industry because I would get people coming to me as an accountant, but really needing help with their beliefs. So then we would kind of move the discussion over to another area and say, okay, now I want to know, you know, tell me about your family. Tell me how you grew up. What did you hear growing up? And that really sets the tone for what they're feeling. Because some of the primary beliefs are, I'm not good enough. I don't know how to do this. I feel stupid around money. Um, I'm not good with numbers. I can't seem to manage my money no matter what. And these are all just things that they may have heard or things that they're feeling about themselves because they just don't have the right knowledge or education about this area. Yes, absolutely. That's something we talk about on this podcast all the time is that so often when we're not confident in an area, it's because we don't have any experience, right? So if I am, you know, a first or second generation employee or in the workforce, I already am starting from that you know, disadvantage. And then if I don't have that practice doing it, of course, I'm not comfortable talking about money or managing money, right? Exactly, exactly. And then add your own beliefs about how you did in math (laughs) at school, right? I mean, how many people do you know who really feel like they're good at math? Right? Yeah, not that many. (laughs) Right, very few. It's not, you know, it's you have to have a specific brain to be good at math. Very honestly, I'm not good at math either, okay? I cannot do addition and subtraction in my head the way my dad can or the way my husband can, right? But really, money is less about math because you can have your calculator do it and more about how strong you feel around it. There's so many things that we can do to reset your beliefs because one of my most important things with women is we cannot and we should not try to do money like men can, right? Okay. Men, their brains are wired differently. They can be very logical, very objective, and they can remove themselves from the emotion of it. For them, it's like sports scores. They can look at the scores, add, subtract, and come up with numbers, make a decision, and move on. But women, we're not supposed to be logical and objective. We're feeling driven, right? So that's our superpower. That's our super strength. So when we do money, because it's numbers, we feel like we have to be logical and objective around it. And I'm here to bust that myth. As women, we should do money feeling based. How do I feel about money here? How do I feel about spending this money? How do I feel about earning this money? How do I feel about savings? And we have to really rewire our brains to be feeling based and relationship based about money. So it's about the relationship that you have with money and how you feel about it. And when we start doing that, that's when our entire money mindset shifts and we start feeling more comfortable with it. That's so interesting. And so is the first step then just asking ourselves some of those questions about how we're feeling when we're making money decisions? Yeah. So I suggest um, starting off with um, some very basic questions to yourself. Okay, so um, things like, how do I feel about money? What kind of relationship do I have with money? And it doesn't have to get real complex. If we want to think about this, like, for example, a dating relationship, right? So 
when you say you're getting ready to go out on a date, you you and you go out on your first date, what are you going to do? You're going to start talking about the basics, the demographics. Right. Um, where do you live? How old are you? Well, you know, well, that kind of stuff. Like, um, what do you like? What are your hobbies? What color do you like? So we can transpose that over to money and just start off with our basics, right? So do I like money? What do I think about spending? Where do I spend? Do I think I spend too much? How do I feel when I go to the mall and spend money? How do I feel when I save money? Does saving feel bad? Does spending feel bad? Does earning feel bad? So we have to get real basic. It's like it's like our first date. We have to get real basic about our feelings about money. And, you know, I have a whole I have a whole setup that I walk people through. And then it's time to start thinking about, well, how did how did my mom do money? How did my dad do money? Because that's really where I can get a good idea about what your money wounds are. For example, if you grew up with um, if your mom was a single mom and your dad was absent, I can tell that you're going to have some personal power issues. So you're not going to feel confident around money at all because you didn't have that male role model and your mom most likely didn't spend or earn or really pay much attention to that. So you're going to maybe avoid money or not have confidence with it. You know, there's so many things. So I know you're asking me for a very specific, but uh, it's really hard to do that because it's such an individual practice. And it's such a one-on-one thing, like, you know, one question can lead in a completely different direction with each person. So that's kind of why I'm having trouble summarizing it, you know. Oh, no, you're doing a great job. It's getting my brain going. That's for sure. And so I know, like, I know for me, like I said, I've been doing some more work on my own too about my money mindset. I am fortunate as well. My parents, my mom's an accountant and my dad's an engineer. So I grew up around numbers as well. But even though I'm comfortable with numbers and I've always been confident in my math abilities, I have certain beliefs about money. Like my family is like a saving family. Like we, um, you know, my dad has worked for the same company for his whole life. Uh, he got promoted within it and his, you know, kind of what we were taught all the way through is you get a job, you work until you get your pension when you retire and kind of that's what you do. Right. And then we save, 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 save all the time. And, you know, now, you know, fast forward 30, 40 years, things are different, right? That's not the world necessarily that we live in anymore. And so being aware that those are some of the beliefs that I have that are guiding me around money has been really interesting for me. So it's funny you say that because you probably have trouble having fun with money. Yes. Yep. I'm the worst. Actually, I had a a, a friend the other day ask me like, Nicole, like, what do you spend money on for yourself? I'm like, like books for work? Does that counts like no no it doesn't yeah. <laughs> right and you know it's so funny because my dad's an accountant too and so he was he was very similar like you know it he doesn't spend on what he considers frivolous things yes um but that also means that he may not you know he he has trouble just letting go a little bit and money is not all about just saving and just wealth building there's a there's a fun element to it too and i feel like when we move back and forth like when we can glide between all these different elements that's when the abundance really kicks in right that's when yes. we feel abundant so you may be feeling a lack of abundance you may have a very healthy ira account a very healthy yep. 401k account but then you're looking at that and going well where's the fun in that like i you know, am, am, am I not having enough fun with this? And then after a certain while, it may become a drudgery. Like, okay, 
I keep putting money into the 401k, I keep putting money into the IRA, and now I'm bored with it. And right. now I'm just feeling a little bit blah with it. So yeah, there's there's that definitely that's that's a belief that not enough of us talk about. <laughs> yeah, so interesting. Yeah, I'm totally like a squirrel, right? I like store all my nuts forever and then I look at that tree full of nuts and I'm like it's never enough, right? Like I need to store, 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 save, save, save. And you're right. That's like, that creates a lot of stress and anxiety. And and I remember the first time I read something, I can't even remember where it was about shifting our mindset towards thinking about money as abundant and getting out of that scarcity view of money. I was like, what do you mean? Like, there's another way to think about money other than it being scarce and I need to save it forever. Like, holy mackerel, this was like eye opening for me and so interesting to reflect back. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So then step two, um, after we found the demographics, and you know, basically how you relate to money, then you, you want to move on to the, the core belief exercise. So okay. the core, core beliefs exercise is about what is your one core belief or money wound, right? So for most women, it's, I'm not enough. Um, and if you think about most of the core beliefs, like I'm, I'm really stupid about this, or I, I really can't handle this. It all comes back to I'm not enough, right? So we, we, and then this turns into life coaching because then we work on the not enoughness and pull, try to pull ourselves out of other people's opinion on how we should live our life and turn it into our life view and what we want for ourselves. And that's when you're going to notice that you're going to be willing to put away less and enjoy it more. Or whatever your belief is, that's when you're going to notice you're going to start shifting your belief. So I'm, I'm like you. I believe that I had to have a certain uh, dollar number in the savings account in order to feel enough. Yeah. And when that, I hit that number, I'm still not feeling enough. And I cross that number, and it's still not enough. And so that's when... I realized I came across some YouTube video, I don't remember now, but it was about what's your core belief about yourself. And I realized it was, well, you're not enough. And so then, you know, uh, with with the help of a coach, I, uh, I attacked that whole I am not enough thing. I don't think it ever really goes away. But what happens is when you realize that you're doing that unconsciously, it now becomes conscious, you can on purpose, shift away from that and say, okay, I'm not going to put this away. I'm actually going to go buy myself something nice. And you can consciously start changing your thoughts and actions. And hopefully over a period of time, that becomes your habit and not, you know, the not enoughness. I love that. I I know this is happens for me and it probably happens for a lot of women. And I'm guessing it's tied to this, you know, belief and value of not being enough. But it's that I struggle also with advocating for myself when it comes to money, like asking for raises or, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for a number of years. And still when people ask my rates, I like look at the ground and I feel all embarrassed about it. And I, I know that that comes from that confidence, right? And not feeling enough to advocate for myself. Do you have any, you know, tips or strategies for for women that might be struggling with that around money with advocating for their worth? Yeah, a great question. And that is uh, that is the third that is the third step. So, um and we're going <laughs> so beautifully enough the conversations proceeding in these step by step like ways. So, yeah. once you realize what your core belief wound is, right? So, it's always going to come down to not being enough in some way. Um how much 
you think about that and are able to shift that core belief is automatically going to add on to your confidence. And all I can say about this stage is that practice makes perfect, right? So first of all, you have to feel like you're enough. And once you start thinking that way, that once you start being aware of the fact that you feel like you're not enough and you can start realizing that consciously, you'll notice that you're not willing to play that game anymore with yourself, right? Because you'll realize that it's a belief that's holding you back and you'll realize that, nah, you're not really available for that anymore. And the moment you start realizing that, that's when you're going to start building your confidence. And one of the beautiful things about being conscious and slowly starting to build your confidence bit by bit is that you'll realize you're not as invested in pleasing somebody else. So I really believe that one of the reasons why we can't say what our price is out loud confidently is because we're worried about what the other person's going to think. Yes. And as girls and as young women, and now as, you know, women in our 30s and 40s, we were taught when we were little to, you know, little girls don't do that. Little girls sit and, you know, little, little girls don't behave that way. So it was always about pleasing the other person. So as adults, we carry that into our adulthood. And then we start thinking about, well, if I say this price, that person may not be comfortable with it. And so I'm not going to say it because I'm not good enough. So when we're not available for that belief anymore, and we realize that we don't need to people please, that's when everything's going to shift. And it's not going to happen overnight, right? Like it just depends on how deeply that belief is ingrained into you. And for some of us, it's more than others. So gradually working through that process, practicing and, you know, losing a few clients because you're just practicing all that is okay. But you want to find yourself on the other side where you know you're enough and you know that you're not here to please anybody. And this is your price. And this is all you're available for. I love that. That's fantastic. So much valuable information. It sounds like, you know, really the first step for us around money mindset is awareness. And that's, you know, something we talk about a lot on this podcast about all of our beliefs that we have about ourselves and the things that we're stressing and worrying about is, you know, once we're aware that these are beliefs that we have, you know, then we can start taking those steps, those baby steps to try and practice and to challenge them. But if we're just kind of going through our lives, not reflecting on that and not being aware of what we believe, it's hard to make those changes. Absolutely. Beautifully summarized. That's it. Perfect. So thank you so much for being here today, Deepa. I have learned so much. This was fantastic talk. If folks want to learn more about you or they want to work with you, where can they go to learn more? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, uh, so my website is deeparamachandran.com. And that's where you know I offer everything. I offer a financial coaching session and I offer a link to my accounting practice. So you know, people start where they feel like they're called to. A lot of people are called to just start with the accounting side. And and the, the reason for that is that's where you get to organize yourself, right? That's where right. you do the demographic side. You count all your money, you put it all in place, and then you realize, hey, I need some mindset coaching around this. So that's how people gradually kind of make the shift. Fantastic. I'll put that link to your website in the show notes as well so folks can jump on that quickly. Thank you again so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Nicole. It's it's an honor to talk to you and other women about this very, very important issue. 
Absolutely. All right, everyone, that's a wrap for today. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and this is the Bold Life Podcast. Thank you.